Down the TV Rabbit Hole with Jim and Harry, hosted by yours truly, Jim Sion, the number one New Orleans jazz tuba player. Maybe not historically, at least the number one right now. And he is the Melvin Belli of Chicago. He's Harry Broktosiak, and the reason we're such good friends is we never lie to each other. <laughs> How's that for a start? <laughs> well, I always I kind of think of myself as the number uh, as uh, uh, number more like Raymond Burr than Mel Melvin Belli. But uh, well, in any true. event, except without the wheelchair, I'm not yet in anyway. <laughs> How are you, young man? Wait a minute. What? You more? Listen, we got to start over. No, I'll just edit that part out because Raymond Burr didn't have the wheelchair till Ironside when he was when he was Perry Mason. He was still standing upright most of the time, anyway. Well, he was, as far as I'm concerned, he wasn't Perry Mason or Ironside. He was Raymond Burr. It's all one character. I don't care when I see when you see him. Do you think? Oh, that's right. Perry Mason or Ironside? You might say, oh, I know that's the show's Ironside. No, that's Raymond Burr. And, um, you know, why they put him in a wheelchair, I'm not quite sure. I guess it's like on SCTV when they had Guy Caballero in the wheelchair. It was so he could get respect from other people, even though he could really walk. Because Raymond Burr, he wasn't in real life. He wasn't um, quadriplegic or anything like that. He was fat, but yeah. other actors were fat, too, like Cannon, and they didn't put him in a wheelchair. Um, well, had it, had it lasted another couple seasons, he may have requested that. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> anyway, um, is Raymond Burr dead or alive, by the way? Could no, he's dead, and I actually have a good Raymond Burr story that I really can't tell. <laughs> um, oh, but, God. But here's, we can't tell any stories anymore. I mean, did you see well, what happened last week? Everybody's getting thrown off the air, and, you know, with just cause and all good reason and everything like that. But it, I think we should just shut the show down right now. I'm thinking that I probably am going to be barbecued by the public when they find out I made some comments about cleavage about 70s actresses, for God's sake, <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, I, I, I think the estate of Ava Gabor will take offense. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, well, this is what we do. We go down the TV rabbit hole. We talk about shows that we've watched over the years, shows that have affected us one way or another. Sometimes they're good shows. Sometimes they're not so good shows. And sometimes even the worst shows turn out to be the best broadcast for us because this is just stuff we grew up with. And I like to always start by letting Harry kick it off because it's fun for me to sit back and just hear what he's got for us. So, Harry, what show have you picked for us this well, week? Well, Jim, I don't want to grow up. I want to go back to uh, when I was a kid and watching yeah. reruns after school. And I don't remember what time it was on, but I think this one was on a lot, almost every day in the afternoon. Original run, ABC 1964 to 1972. Can't believe we haven't done this one already. Of course, I'm talking about the charming and stunning Elizabeth Montgomery starring in Bewitched. Uh, oh, yes. Now, you might say, well... Why do Bewitched? Everybody knows Bewitched. I mean, that you know, everybody knows Larry Tate and you know uh, Darren, and there were two Darrens and all that. What you know, we're just there oh, were. Yeah. Wait a minute. Now it's making sense. All right. Well, let me. I just thought. I just thought he he lost a little weight and got six inches shorter. But yes, okay. Now you're right. Let me tell the story anyway. Let's do okay. it anyhow. Let's just trudge over the boring old ground that everybody already knows. But no, seriously, it's this was a great show okay sure. very highly rated for almost its entire run 1964 to 1972 and the pitch uh the uh premise i should say yeah. as you know is we have a witch 
who marries a mortal and vows to behave like a normal housewife. So, so much for that. But guess what? Right. This is a precursor to in my mind. I think this is a very early TV precursor to a Harry Potter kind of a fantasy world here. When you think about it. Wow. We had all kinds of people popping in and out of this show where we had to suspend reality and uh, you know so I think this this is a very groundbreaking show for that reason but mainly it was uh, funny and entertaining uh, it was mostly produced by William Asher who was married to Elizabeth Montgomery until they got divorced right. towards the end but in any event there were 79 black and white episodes and 180 color episodes my God, that's a lot of TV. Holy cow. Uh -huh. Yeah, a hell of a lot of TV. Now, it was filmed over at the Warner Brothers Ranch. And uh, I love this kind of stuff I'm about to tell you about. You remember yeah. I was telling you uh, when we did a previous episode, I think it was Hogan's Heroes, that the Desilu Studios, the Back 40, was a back lot where back in the late 60s, you could have uh, roamed around the sets of Hogan's Heroes uh, Andy Griffith show, the old Gone with the Wind set. Um, what else? Uh, oh, there were, I'm, I'm drawing a blank now, but there was a ton of them on there. Oh, go, did, Gomer did they Pyle. Use it for Mash? I think they used it for Mash too. Maybe, they, maybe not. They may well have. I know Mash was okay. there was an off uh, site setting for Mash that um, I researched that one too, but it wasn't on the back 40. But anyway, a similar deal was happening over. Uh, on the Warner Brothers Ranch. There is a neighborhood that you could visit today, and you've talked about this one a little bit on one of our prior episodes, where uh, the Bewitched House sits. Now, it's been changed. You know, it's, They're all facades. We know that. But still, uh, sure. how about walking into a neighborhood where you can walk down the street at 1164 Morning Glory Circle, uh, where uh, the Stevens family lived on Bewitched. Next door... Uh -huh is the house that was used on I Dream of Jeannie. Uh, and then next door to that was the house that was used for the Kravitzes. And uh, Dr. Bellows also lived there. The Partridge family lived on the street. Eight is Enough house is on that street. Dennis the Menace, the swimming pool where Dennis the Menace used to play. Mitchell, your boy's in the pool. Get him out of there. And then the fountain that was the uh, used for many of these shows. Uh, there's a nice fountain there. It was the beginning of the show Friends. You know, uh, where all they're all dancing around. Oh yeah. wow! Holy cow! And then there's like a large sort of apartment building thing that's the background for the beginning of Friends. But anyway. There's more to it than that. But basically, all these houses are still there, and they change them from time to time. But all, all of that on the same, you know, relatively small neighborhood-style movie sure. set back, back lot. So I'm always... Well, and I'll tell you something. You and I have talked about this before. In my minimal experience in TV and, and doing, you know, being around a couple of movies, every, t every time you see it in person, you're like, that's it? Yeah. That's really? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> you can go on YouTube. There's a couple of guys, I forget their name, but they were roaming around there and they're going in and out of the houses and they do that. They go, you know, they're on the outside, they ring the doorbell, they go on the inside, like, look at this. It's a bunch of wood, a bunch of two by fours, yeah. you know, even today. But anyway, I find it cool. So, anyhow, um, that's the Warner Brothers Ranch. So, uh, the, the, this show was made, in my opinion, it was good writing, but Elizabeth Montgomery had a certain charm. She, ha sure. she had a kind of, you know how like sometimes they say like Jimmy Stewart was an everyman? I think Elizabeth Montgomery was an every woman, sort of. You know, she, 
she was good looking, but she was also, uh, you know, sensible. She wasn't a one-trick pony. She, she had a whole package about her, and she was a good comedic actress. She had a good delivery. And so she, uh, and then she's married to Dick York, who's kind of this dorky-looking guy, very nervous Nelly, you know, the first Darren. And Dick York... Right. I mean, we all know, I'm not going to get into too many details. I like to touch on the actors and the uh, guest stars and all that. But the thing about Dick York that a lot of people don't know, uh, some people know, is, you know, he had a horribly bad back. And uh, yes. it wasn't congenital. He was involved in a very bad accident uh, early in his career uh, and hurt his back really bad. So he, he had the part of... Um, Darren Stevens, which he did from 1964 to 1969. But it got so bad at the end that he had to take time off. They had to shoot several episodes without him. And, I mean, right. he was really a mess. And he had to go to William Asher and just say, I can't do it anymore. I, you know, they kind of mutually agreed, I guess, that that, that was it. Of course, he Well, I think it was – wasn't it so bad that – after he left uh, Bewitched, that actually he was like in a wheelchair for the rest of his yes. life? Yes. I don't know. If, it didn't happen yeah. right away necessarily, but yes, it did happen where... And I think he had another disease, too. I, I, yeah, he, he, had, he had some sort of lung problems, because I remember he was on oxygen. Right, but he was just yeah. uh, both uh, orthopedically, so to speak, back-wise, and then he had the other health problems. You know, he seemed like a real nice guy. And they... Yeah, yeah, he was on the local radio show, Jonathan Brandmeier show, towards the end of his life, and and uh, was in terrible shape and broke and everything, but still had a good attitude. So it was sad, and uh, you know we didn't know anything about that at the time. All we knew is that uh, you're watching your Bewitched reruns, and all of a sudden, who the hell is this guy? 1969, right. Dick Sargent shows up, who nobody likes. Right? You ever met a Dick Sargent yeah. fan in your life? No, it's funny. I was even going to ask you, but I'm like, you don't even ask that question because if you've watched the show, everyone's like, oh, God, yeah, the first Darren was way better. Well, he seemed like a nice guy, even as nervous as he was. Yeah. Did oh, yeah. No, and at the end, at the end, you could always tell that he's like, hey, you know what? Uh, my wife's a witch, but she's hot and she's sweet and we have fun. Dick Sargent just never seemed to appreciate the fact that he was married to Elizabeth Montgomery. No, he seemed pissed off all the time. Like it was like, yeah. oh, well, hey, you don't like it? Leave. You know, there's plenty of other guys that will, you know, slot right into your role here. Uh, I mean, and plus you're getting paid good coin to be on this show. So I don't know whether it was his acting style uh, or he decided he's going to be like that. He came off as a real prick. And so yep. the first time, so Agnes Moorhead played, you know, Endora. <laughs> uh, that's right. right. <laughs> so you always felt bad for Dick York when she's picking on him. Durwood or Dagwood or whatever she calls him. But then I want, I was happy that she picked on and hated Dick Sargent so much. Now, I did read that Agnes Moorhead, and I can't, damn it, I can't remember if it was Dick York or Dick Sargent. They were actually very good friends. It always works out that way. Dick York. Dick York. It was, yeah. No, it was Dick yeah. York. Yeah, yeah, they were, they were very, very close. I don't know what you felt about Dick Sargent, but they were, like, extremely close till they passed. Now, let me just say, isn't Agnes Moorhead one of the best names in show business? Well, I laughed when you said it because it's just to this day you can use that as a punchline. It doesn't even matter if it fits the joke. Just hey, who do you think you are, Agnes Moorhead? You know. Well, I can't believe that I forgot to mention this during our Quincy episode when we talked about the the impact of punk rock. But I used to be 
the lead singer in a punk rock band back post high Yeah, I remember. Yeah. So I used to go to shows all the time. And we would look up in this magazine that was called the Illinois Entertainer. You pick it up at a record store or whatever. And it would have all this stuff in there about all these bands. And they would be jammed in there. Who's playing who, where. And I remember one weekend looking and saying, well, who's playing this weekend? Who can we go see? And there was a band called Agnes Moorhead Platter. And I thought to myself, to this day, to 2020, I think that's the best band name I've ever, ever heard. Agnes Moorhead Platter. But anyhow... Well, isn't there, isn't there another punk rock band that calls themselves the Eve Plums? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. I don't, yeah, which is another good one, yeah. too. Another good name, but not as good as Agnes Moorhead. That's Agnes the Agnes Moorhead Platter. Yes, you have to give them the platter. Yeah. Uh, also, there was lots of... Uh, this is the part I really like. Some underrated actors that popped in and out uh, yes. from the witch world. Okay? So, towards the beginning of the show, there were visits from... Uh, Elizabeth uh, Montgomery, uh, I keep calling Elizabeth Montgomery, Samantha's uh, father, uh, Maurice, who is played by a, a prim and proper actor named Maurice Evans. I didn't really find him that funny. Do you remember him popping in and out once in a while? A little bit, but I don't remember his, his, his performances as being that funny. Yeah, he would have a tuxedo on or something, and you know, it would be like, you know, try to help her with childcare and do things that are inappropriate, but I don't remember any good bits. I do remember some great bits from a completely underrated actress named Marion Lorne, who appeared on the show between 64 and 68 as the uh, disheveled, befuddled, and old and confused Aunt Clara. Yes, she was good. Yeah. Yeah, she was so good. She could hardly hear herself. And she would come... Uh, through the chimney a lot, right? Because she would get mixed up and she'd come in with soot all over her and things like that. And the poor lady was, you know, she was so old that she would forget how to do her, the potions and tricks and things would not turn out quite right and it had to be undone and Samantha would have to help her out. But I thought that was a good bit. Oh, yeah. So uh, she died, however, in 1968. I mean, she was old. She made her Broadway debut in 1905. Okay, oh, so. I didn't even know there was a Broadway in 05. <laughs> yeah, I didn't either. Yeah, there were probably no buildings there, just the street, basically. So. <laughs> I, I wonder what her act was. You come out for God's sake. What would you, what? Do, happy days are here again. No, that's even later. No. Yeah, that's from the 40s, <laughs> 30s. No, 30s. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, uh, so she had a good run, but uh, she passed away. So, uh, she. This wasn't a direct replacement, but um, Alice Ghostly was an actress that came on starting in 1968. Right. Uh, they called her Esmeralda. And she played kind of a ditzy, not sure what she was doing, confused witch also. But it wasn't that she was old. She was, and she was uh, unsure of herself. And she was just kind of, a, you know, oh, my heavens, I've made a mistake. So anyway, yeah. they had her come in. Um, Paul Lynn as Uncle Arthur. Was it, and yet I'm so, I'm so mad that it took you so goddamn long yeah. to get to Paul Lynn. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I know you've got a million and one Paul Lynn stories. Uh, and, you know, the guy, no matter what he was on, was funny, except oh, yeah. for the Paul Lynn show, uh, which I'm sure. Is that going to be your show today? No, I, no. Although, you know what, I may do that one in the future. I think it only made yeah. it. He had two versions of it. He had a special and then he had his own show. Oh, God, they're just, oh, the Paul Lynn show. I think that went two seasons, but it was so bad because they cast him as, as the anti-Paul Lynn. But anyway, on Bewitched, he was yeah, hilarious. Yeah. How can you do that? Right. Yeah. So, And the other guy that I really liked was uh, Dr. Bombay. You know, whenever there was a medical situation, 
Uh, th this guy. Oh my God! I forgot to make the note. His name was Bernard something. We're gonna have to put this. Bernard Fox. Bernard, Bernard Fox. Fox. He's the same guy. He was also in a few Eddie Griffith episodes. And um, yes. and what he was he uh, in the British Navy or something like that in the Andy Griffith show. Or was that a Gilligan's Island? Or I think that was a Gilligan. Yeah. No, he did. <laughs> <laughs> on, on, he was just a British gentleman who visited Mayberry on his bike a couple oh, of times. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, on Bewitched, it was always. Calling Dr. Bombay, calling Dr. Bombay. Oh, you've interrupted me during an Alaskan snow capade or something like that. But anyway, he was re really good. And I remember watching the movie Titanic. When was that? About 2000, something like that? No, I think and that was 1990s. It was 90s? Okay. So I guess it wasn't that long ago. But I remember watching Titanic and there was like a ballroom scene. And all of a sudden, I, I was distracted the rest of the movie because I got a glimpse. I'm like, there's Dr. Bombay. Dr. Bombay is, is Bernard Fox, dressed just like he would have been on Bewitched, was in that ballroom scene in Titanic. So, but anyway, uh, I thought he was great on the show. Uh, and then back to the, um, the regulars. A re one regular who was on almost all the shows was David White, who played Larry Tate. Right, yes. And uh, uh, Darren's boss. And remember the name of the firm that uh, uh, Larry Tate had that all right, Darren so, worked so, for? All right, so this is my $1,000 Jeopardy question. Okay, all right, hang on a second. Just give me a second. Um, McMahon and Tate. That's right, McMahon there and you Tate. Go. Yeah. I never saw McMahon. I, I bet he was on the show. But what I loved about McMahon and Tate, I would have loved to work there sure. back in the day. Uh, he had a bar in his office, and I thought, you know, how do you do that? <laughs> You're pouring drinks during the day. And then I got to thinking, and this was like early in my career when I started working. It wasn't that long before that that it was a regular thing for people to drink at work and oh, yeah. smoke cigarettes all the time. You so know, I, this is so true. I, I work with an anchor who was about 10 years older than I was. He worked in a big city. He was a New York anchor for about 10, 15 years. I wish I could remember his name. Uh, and he unfortunately had an eye problem, so he had to retire. But uh, he and he I were talking. Eye, like Sammy Davis Jr.? You know, he may have had to replace because he was having okay. so much trouble. I felt bad oh, for him. Gr yeah. Great anchor, great guy. Um, but we were talking about, you know, because at the time I was one of the older guys in the newsroom. And yeah. he said, Jim, he says, when I started this business, he said, you have the newsroom. He said, it looked the exact same. He said, the only difference was in the middle of the newsroom, there was a big round table. And in the middle of it was a huge ashtray that always had. <laughs> really? And then he said, and then you'd go into your boss's office. And every now and then he'd open the bottom drawer just like Lou Grant, and there'd be a bottle in there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I bet there was. Yeah. And, and I also heard, by the way, that Johnny Carson, that the carpet in back of him, it was had all kinds of cigarette butts and burns and stains because he used to put his cigarettes out on the carpet if he got caught and yep. missed the ashtray and stuff like that. You probably know about that. Did you read that in the book or something? I think Richard Lewis wrote about that in his book. He said when you look right. behind Carson's desk, it was just nothing but cigarette burns. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I knew you'd have a book reference. To of that. course. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, one time in my career, one time only, yeah. did I ever drink while I was at work. And it was at lunch. And I had, I think, one beer, maybe uh -huh. two, and a cheeseburger. And I fell asleep on the train on the way home. And I couldn't get anything done all afternoon. So I'm like, how did these people do it? First of oh. all, if I was smoking cigarettes at my desk, how come. Buildings weren't burning down. Paper oh, is starting up. But yeah. Anyway. How in uh, the hell did they allow you to smoke on an airplane? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, my God. People smoke while they're pumping gas in their car, for God's sake. Oh, God. You know, they used yeah. to smoke in hospitals. And that was going on up until through the 60s. Yeah. God. <laughs> so, so I guess things have changed for the better. You know, people they, oh, the good old days. No, not the good old days. Some things weren't so great. All right, let me try through a couple more uh, actors here. All right. Uh, and, you know, so then we got, of course, Alice Pierce and George Tobias. Who do you think they were? Alice Pierce. Oh, God, I should know this. Alice Pierce and George Tobias. I can't remember. Well, who have we left out? Who are the neighbors? The oh, Kravitzes. Well, well, and that's what I was going to say, but weren't there yeah. two... Mrs. Kravitz is just like two Darrens? Well, yeah, I mean, yes. Slow down. Oh, sorry. Hold on a sorry. Okay. <laughs> Alice Pierce uh, and George Tobias, uh, yes, uh, they were, Mr. and Mrs. Kravitz and Alice Pierce died after a couple seasons, and Sandra Gould took over. Okay, and then there's Aaron Murphy, who played Tabitha, and then later, when they jumped a shark, they brought another baby in, Adam, yeah. right, who never got old enough on the show to do much of anything, except then there's this reboot called Tabitha, spinoff in 1977, uh, starring Lisa Hartman. Now, yes. remember, the, the show ended in 1972, and Tabitha couldn't have been more than, well, I don't know how, the, how old she was, but in any event, it was only about five years later, and all of a sudden, she looked like she's about 35 years old. Yep. Uh, and same with this kid, Adam, who is now, like, in his mid-20s. So they aged way too much. Um, but, you know, they were the only ones on the show except for Dr. Bombay and uh, the Kravitzes were on that show, too. Oh, my Sandra God. They must, they must have been a hundred. Yeah. They must have been a million. <laughs> well, he died like 78, I think, or something like that. So, okay. But anyway, I remember the show. I watched it when it was on. And even at my ripe young age of 11 or whatever, I realized it sucked and I didn't watch it after yeah. that. Um, and then I'll just jump to the... Uh, we might as well get the, the rest of the reboot shit out of the way. There was that horrible movie in 2005 with Nicole Kidman and Will Ferrell. Now, I have to say, I didn't see it, but I'm prejudging it horrible, and no. I've never heard anyone say anything otherwise, so I'm going to go with that. Well, and, you know, I was actually hoping that you might forget it so we could just not talk about it, but I actually, I didn't watch it all, but I watched about 10 minutes of it, and if I remember correctly, they even blew the premise because... <laughs> Yeah. They were making a TV show and they cast Samantha as a witch, but the fact is she's actually a witch, which obviously makes no sense whatsoever. So mm -hmm. too confusing. No. I yeah, I tried to watch 15 minutes of it and I hate Will Ferrell anyway. Uh Really? Yeah, no. That's surprising. I, no, I think he's 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 just not sophisticated. He's just him and not, Chris no. Farley. Like you, you got a problem yeah. with some of these Saturday Night Live guys, huh? Yeah, you're. Well, maybe you're right. I don't know. I I've heard everything he's in. He seems to ruin. Wedding Crashers was a really a fun movie. It was a nice movie till Will Ferrell showed up. But anyway, so. that's a, no, another topic for you another day. You think he's day. kind of a one-trick pony? Is that what you're saying? I don't Is even that... think. No, I don't think he even has one trick. I've laughed at really? him like. No, it, the, the, did you see the movie Between Two Ferns? No, I did not. Okay, funny movie with Zach Galifianakis, and uh, there are a lot of cameos. Um, I forget who they interview. Uh, uh, Matthew uh, McConaughey was in it. Uh, it was a funny movie. And then Will Ferrell shows up, and he's just like a steaming turd in a punch bowl. Wow. Yeah. So I guess that's our mini episode of funny or not funny. For yeah, yeah, I think you're right. But but Bewitched was a great show, and I can't believe it was on for that many episodes. But looking well, wait back, a minute. Don't rush me. The best. Oh, I'm saving the best okay. part for last, okay? I know you. Okay, go. <laughs> okay. 
You're right. Go ahead and finish your thought. And then no, I'm no, no. I, was, I just want to make sure. Just... It sounded like you were taking, you know, like sealing the door in, in the submarine or something like that. The, the door is never sealed until you say it's sealed. So let's consider the door wide open and you just walk right, right on through. Okay. Let me let, tell you. I want to tell you about my favorite episode of all time, which Great. also involves um, a connection to perhaps the greatest commercial series of all time or at least in the running, okay? Have I piqued your interest? Very much so. I'm trying okay. to figure out where you're going. I have no idea. 1968, there's an episode called How Green Is My Grass? The plot involves uh, Samantha and, um, uh, this is Dick York still, getting into it about how the lawn doesn't look too good. And Dick York is, is somehow thinking that... Uh, Oh, no, he's mad at Samantha because she does too many witch tricks. You know, he wants her to be a right. total mortal, and he gets pissed off. Uh, yeah, un until there's that one time where he needs to get out of a jam, and all of a sudden, ooh. And so she does something, and it's like, oh, it all worked out for the best. So, But no more right. witch tricks from here on out. You know? Right, So exactly. So that's how that starts off. And I can't remember how it proceeds, but the, the plot somehow, and this seems weird to me, is that they order an artificial lawn for their house, okay? So it gets delivered, they're, you know, they, I guess they're tired of uh, mowing the lawn or it looks like right. shit or whatever. Uh, but, uh, oh no, 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 here's what happened. The neighbor orders an artificial lawn, but it accidentally gets installed at the Stevens house. And so there's a big hullabaloo and it turns out the neighbor wants the lawn back and he's mad and he comes over and he's going to uh, give it to Dick York and the neighbor who says, I'm going to do an impression here. You tell me who it is. I want my lawn back or I'm going to punch you right in the nose. Ernest Borgnine. Close. It's a gentleman, a great actor by the name of Richard Slattery, who went on to portray Murph in the Murph 76 oh, auto truck stop commercials. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Those two guys could be interchangeable. They almost look the same. Right. <laughs> So it turns out, so remember those commercials? It was for Union 76. Sure. And they would be on all the time. And it launched the career of one Larry Wilcox, who then later went to uh, act on Chips with Eric Estrada. And he had Murph, who kind of ran it. And he had his goofy uh, uh, worker Nick there with the pencil thin mustache. One time Richard Petty pulls in and Nick gets all excited. Richard Petty. And then uh, they show Murph. Uh, on his anniversary, takes his wife to Murph's <laughs> auto truck stop for dinner. I think Bob Hope was there, too, pretty much. How but, the <laughs> hell do you remember this? <laughs> well, it turns out that uh, those commercials were filmed at a Union 76 station in the parking lot of Dodger Stadium. And uh, it's not there anymore, but they still have the area, and they hold events there and things like that. So I was just thinking that's, a, that's an underrated, you know, something that doesn't get its due were those Murph 76 commercials. It wasn't, I mean, it was for Union 76, but I think of it as Murph 76. And uh, I also miss <laughs> that gas station because it had the giant orange ball, right? And so sure. when we used to have antennas on the cars. They used to have a giveaway of an or like a foam orange ball that said 76 that you could plop right on top of the antenna. And oh, we yeah. used to drive around with that all the time. So anyway, that's my little sidebar, which I actually consider, that's the whole reason I wanted to talk about Bewitched, is so we could talk about, I'm going to punch you right in the nose. <laughs> Well, you know, you mentioned that orange ball, and my Uncle Joe was one of those guys who, like, you know, he was a camper, and his camper always had all these gadgets, and he had the big mirrors, you know, the ones that go way out on both sides so you can see your camper behind you. 
and I remember every car Uncle Joe had. He had the Union 76 orange ball, <laughs> and, and he also had that really nice, the fancy one that was mounted real good, that compass that you'd put right in the middle of the windshield. Oh, I didn't see that. They had one of those? It was 76, oh. yeah. It was like no, bounced no, around on water and stuff like that? Kind yes, of, but it, it had nothing to do with 76, but Uncle oh. Joe always needed his ball on top of the antenna. Yeah, yeah, like the gold compass. Yeah, right, yeah. Oh, Yeah. Uh, beautiful. That's that is great. See, that's a slice of Americana right there that doesn't get appreciated. Here's something, or a few things that I remember after reading about Bewitched. First of all, everyone, and we we're talking about smoking before. Everybody on that set was like a chain smoker. In Their real pictures, life or on the show? Yeah, it, no, in real life they smoked on the show. I think a little uh-huh. bit, but in real life they show like behind the scenes stuff, and everybody's got a cigarette going, or there's an ashtray. Um, yeah, everybody on that set, I guess, was William a huge Asher smoker. Tray. Yeah, wow, oh, I, I'm not shocked to hear that. Didn't Elizabeth Montgomery, she died pretty young, and I think it was a lung-related illness, if I remember correctly. I can't remember. She got married later in life to Robert Foxworth, who was on uh, Falcon Crest. Okay. She wasn't that young. I think she was in her 60s. I mean, it was way too young. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was some form of cancer, for sure. All right, I'll put that in the corrections, but I think it was a lung-related illness because I remember reading that. But Can you also let us know when Agnes Moorhead passed? Will do, and I'll even throw in uh, Dick York and Dick Sargent, although Dick Sargent may still be alive because no one, no one knows what the hell he's done since Bewitched. So. I was going to actually ask you that question. I didn't research it because I didn't want to, but are right. you familiar with any other roles of Dick Sargent ever? None uh, whatsoever. None. Yeah. I can't think of one. Okay. I'm sure he did some things like, Broadway stuff before Bewitched or whatever. But yeah, I'm, no, that's that's okay, Harry. Don't do the research, so I have to do it and put it in the corrections for God. No, don't worry about it. I've only got two hurricanes bearing down on me in New Orleans. i got plenty of time to do the research. Well, if you got the time, what are you complaining about? Wait, 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 wait. This is Jim, and I'm jumping in because this episode was so good that I actually had to divide it into two separate episodes. Harry had so much good stuff. Actually, it's going to be three separate episodes because Harry made me do all the corrections. So, Harry, thanks a lot. I'm just kidding. Not really. Uh, Raymond Burr died in 1993, and he was also a co-founder of the Bailey Matthews Shell Museum on Sanibel Island in Florida. I know, I did a broadcast uh, there with Willard Scott. The Paul Lind Show was on from 1972 to 1973, just one season. Harry was right. Bernard Fox was in Titanic. It was made in 1997. And Bernard died in 2016. He made it to 89. Now, Elizabeth Montgomery died in 1995 from cancer. But here's something great. In 2005, there was actually a statue erected of Elizabeth Montgomery in, guess it, Salem, Massachusetts, where they held the witch trials. Pretty cool. And here's what we have to do the real corrections. Agnes Moorhead passed away in 1974, but she was great friends with Dick Sargent, not Dick York. And Dick Sargent, boy, did we undersell him. We owe him a huge apology. He had a great resume before and after Bewitched. TV films, stage stuff. And he was really a brave guy because in 1991, on National Coming Out Day, he came out as being gay. And then a year later, it was the Gay Pride uh, Parade in Los Angeles. He was the co-grand marshal with Elizabeth Montgomery. 
Pretty cool. So, Dick, we, we apologize. We really, really dissed you, and we shouldn't have. Uh, you were a great actor, and your resume speaks for itself. All right, part two is on the way. Thanks for listening. Here are Frank, Freddie, and Papa Jack Asanto, the Dukes of Dixieland. Mm-hmm.